Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who thinks Mozilla should start a cable channel about the latest updates to its browser and call it Firefox News. But in my spare time, I'm just a reporter and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about power change and the people you need to know around tech and beyond. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Mark Sermon, the executive director of the Mozilla Foundation. It's a nonprofit focused on advocacy research and the, quote, internet health movement. But it also owns the Mozilla Corporation, which makes the popular web browser Firefox. Mark, welcome to Recode Decode. Happy to be here. So, Mark, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Mozilla Foundation, what it is, so people understand. It always confuses people. I've written what it was a million times in stories I've written about the Mozilla browser versus the the, the the for-profit part of it. Explain the whole how it's set up, the Mozilla Corporation is set up. Well, it's interesting. Anytime I give a talk, I sort of mm-hmm. ask people to raise their hand. How many people have used Firefox? And, you know, everybody, everybody. Everybody knows it. And then how many people know Mozilla is a nonprofit? And you get two or three hands, depending mm-hmm. on the audience. Mm-hmm. Really, we were set up well before I was there with the idea that we need a public option on the Internet, that it shouldn't all just be commercial. Right. You know, we so believe things should be commercial. And we're kind of a hybrid mm-hmm. company, nonprofit. And that was started out because, I guess actually for some very pragmatic reasons, in that there was a tiny band of people who wanted to take on Microsoft. Mm-hmm. They had this thing called open source, and they had the old Netscape code. Right. And they thought there was no way to win. Like, I mean, if I gave you, you know, $2 million, which is what they had to start this nonprofit in the beginning, and said, beat Facebook, that was what they were up against. Right. So they started— and Microsoft that, had the Explorer. Microsoft had Explorer. And, and Netscape, this band of crazy— Netscape had gone— But it had been the original browser. It was started by Mark Andreessen and others at Netscape. Exactly. And so here were these set of people. By then, Microsoft had gone from thinking the web was completely unimportant to having 98% market share in browsers. And nobody could do anything. And they were trying to fold the internet, the web, back into Windows. And so there were these crazy people who said, well, we need an alternative. Because search was the primary, the the browser on the laptop was the primary, or on the the computer itself, on a a mainframe, essentially, um, was the way, desktop. I I forgot what it's called because I haven't used it in 100 years. (laughs) But um, the, the browser on a larger screen that did not move around like a web, uh, like a mobile device, was how you did it. It's crazy right. to think right. we had to go back and describe it, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. But yeah, if you go back in time... We had a phone you know, that, it's was, imagine, that was plugged into the wall. Imagine and, there was one company who yeah. controlled all the ways you could see the internet, and right. that was Microsoft. Right, right. And, and so, it was originally started off by Netscape, which was a very uh, uh, idea, and then Microsoft copied it egregiously, yeah. Yeah. which well, is why actually, it got into trouble. Originally, Andreessen started off as a public project in University mm-hmm. of Illinois, right. and it wasn't a, a business. Nobody thought this was going to become a business. Mm-hmm. Now it's our whole economy. Right. And so the idea that we wanted choice was a, a set of people who you know, had been early Internet pioneers. They didn't want Microsoft to just suck and vacuum the Internet into their way of working into Windows. So they came up with an alternative browser um, based on the old Netscape code. And they had no idea they could do that other than through volunteers and donations. And so right. they started out. Turns out people wanted it. 
and as people wanted it, it made money, and it made money off uh, off Google search and, right. and ads, as paid. it still does today. Yeah, and so it grew from this ten person nonprofit. Well, explain how it was paid. As Google search was the yes. search in the corner of the of the browser. There's always a search thing, and Microsoft had its search. Well, there wasn't even always a search. What's there interesting wasn't. is right. that was one of Firefox's innovation. Is right. you know you had to install these oh, janky search box. bars yeah. or you know yeah. whatever. So we we everything. embedded search Mark. for the first time. Right. Google was a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, just had a regular referral agreement like a blogger would to take a piece of the ad revenue that we right. sent them for putting in the search box. Mm-hmm. And it just took off. It took off overnight. And so we realized we had to be a serious business and not just the scrappy open source project. In order to pay for this. Yeah. Right. And well, the development. And, and, and the, the, and the, the opportunity features. was there. Uh, as well, we could pay because we weren't going to just do it through volunteerism. Right. So fast forward to today, we've got this history of a successful browser, although it's gotten beat up, and we can come back and, yeah, and talk about that. And we're at a different time in history, though, where a browser isn't, just like we talked about, the thing that shapes how does the world work. Right. I mean, why it mattered then, it shaped how the world worked. Mm-hmm. And we are in the business of making sure the internet works for people. So where we are today is both a, a, a browser that's regained its feet, but looking at how, and say, the era of AI do we really get people power back into their hands like we did with Firefox well, We're going to talk about how ago. people compute or use the Internet because it's changed, obviously, for sure. mobile. And I don't know if a browser is a browser, even though people are using browsers. They don't think of it that way. They think of it as Google or an Amazon page or, uh, or, or just an app, the Internet. Or an app or just the Internet. But what's your? tell me about your background. Talk about how you got to doing this. So it's a, a kind of funny thing. You get... It's it's a neat job. It's a job I love to be the head of this foundation that then owns this this big tech company. And people often ask me, you know, how did you get there? And the the true and short version of the answer is punk rock and the peace movement. And <laughs> that makes sense. I uh, and With so Mozilla, it makes sense. <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Well, it's amazing the number of people who kind of come from a punk rock background that you find in lots of different parts of I this era of tech, like yeah. sort of. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, the, not the younger younger people, not the old old people, but a lot of punks. It was and the whole, so the whole Earth Catalog gang. Well, that's the hippie one, and then the yeah. punk one came later. Oh, okay, all right. I think fair that's point. that's fair. the different eras, and so it was. I had moved from this like lovely. And then there's the Stanford Brigade, but we won't get into. We're not going to talk about them yet. Yeah. Uh, I moved from this lovely little liberal college town. I'd already found politics. I was in grade nine, and my dad got ordained as a minister, and we get sent up to this like pulp and paper mill town. So imagine it's like moving from you know some lovely college town into the movie Fargo, mm-hmm. and I show up in my combat boots. I'm like the only kid, and it's the height of the Reagan Cold War nuclear arms race. All this stuff. So, and actually another key piece, in this little town, I lived in Canada, the local commercial television equivalent, like, or uh, affiliate equivalent of like an NBC, mm-hmm. was run by this penny ante guy who only would pay minimum wage for people to work there. Okay. So I had a job in TV. I started a peace group, and I was this punk rock kid mm-hmm. in, at 17 in this little town. Team of one. A team of one. Well, there was a guy from the rail union who was the other part of my team. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and a uh, much older guy. And so I got to, because I was at this TV uh-huh. station, pick what public service announcements we play. We could play the Red Cross. You could play the Mormons, whatever. It was unsold commercial time. We got to just play what we wanted. So, of course, I make a PSA for my little peace group. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, it's a town that's not particularly popular to be a progressive activist. And I play it. It plays during the A-team or MacGyver or whatever. <laughs> I see it at home. My friends play it. Um, and I come in one day to pull the tape out, as in pull all the tapes for the evening, and it's gone. And I go to the station manager. And I'm like, where's, you know, where's the tape? And I said, well, the the station owner said we have a policy of no local public service announcements, which, of course, was you know, just made up. Right. So very, very. So and, trying and, to shut you down. And then, and the then man he was, told was to, shutting you down. The man was shutting you down. And not letting you do the PSAs during the Mr. T part of the evening. Exactly. What happened And so Mr. minor, T? minor censorship by global censorship right. things, you know. White, white boy in northern Ontario gets his peace tape right. destroyed. But it made clear that was all the. Was it on the, an eight track? No, it was a big three-quarter, three-quarter inch. Three-quarter, okay, perfect, right, okay. And, uh, Just asking. And, uh, Hoping. No, <laughs> And um, but it was that old broadcast tape of the time, and so 
you know, it did really just reinforce all the punk rock records I listened to were true. The man is mm-hmm. going to shut us down. And I would say most of my career has been take about back that. the power in a minute. Fight the power. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I say most of my career comes from that kind of spirit, right? Right. Is we need to make sure that there is a public people's option for communication. So all right. So here you why are. Why not follow into uh, the internet? Yeah. So that's what you did. Yeah. So how did you get to Mozilla? I did internet stuff from probably 94. I ran a nonprofit internet provider that provide dial-up, you know, provide email to activists and politicians on the left. For those young people who don't know, you dialed it up. You dialed it up. You plugged it into your phone and that, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, at the time, you charged like $6 an hour to be sitting on the internet. It was like, we used to call it CompuServe for communists. That Mm -hmm. was our kind of internet (laughs) provider that we ran. CompuServe was a service, (laughs) popular service like Prodigy. Back in like, like Prodigy, that's an analogy. I always that people used to say get. CompuServe was everything. Like, like Instagram. I think it was. I think it, Prodigy was everything Sears knew about the internet and IBM knew about retail. Yeah, <laughs> it was a it was a they sad really era. Yeah. So I did that. I did um, open source projects like helping people, like building early content management systems to help activists do websites and publish stuff. Um, just always something on the kind of tech and social change mm-hmm. side of things. And then one day. You know, somebody kind of passed me off a blog post from Mitchell that said they'd been looking for a while for an executive director of the foundation. And, of course, these are my heroes, right? I mean, I'd watched Mozilla from the early days since 2008. Mm -hmm. So I'd watched them for five years rise, and I was one of the, you know, one of the kind of army, one of the fans. And so I I did this thing where if you want to reach somebody busy, find their personal email and write to them on Sunday— Mm-hmm. And I spent a week before that Sunday perfectly composing an introduction about why I was the right Perfect. person to. And uh, two hours later, I got an email back from her. Yeah. You know, I worked all year yesterday. Part, you, there you go. I'm really busy. I have 10 jobs. Um, so, <laughs> so that's how people can reach you. Yesterday. Exactly. No, they, don't, they can't. <laughs> I don't know why I was doing email. I never do email anymore. But um, so you did that. And, and the concept at the time was that you guys were – you did take off with the Google. With Google really brought in real revenues for you. Yeah. I mean this is now like a, a $400 million yeah. a year social enterprise. Right. There's not that many uh, like that. But you that. shifted to Yahoo for – Peace briefly, there. Briefly. Yeah, briefly, that was that was the Mayor era. Who's yeah. going to pay you a fortune? I recall. It was well, and, and in the end, it was potentially going to be a, a, an alternative, so. right? Because because Google ran everything, but yeah. at the time they were small when you started. But it, you gave them a leg up, just the way. By the way, Yahoo gave Google. People don't realize that the way Google got big was by being the search service on Yahoo, yep. which was the most popular uh, site. It's easy to forget. It, not for me, because <laughs> AOL did it too. Prodigy and uh, Nets, AO, uh, Netscape, someone did it, oh, Yahoo did it to Netscape, and then Google did it to Yahoo, which was similar, similar kind of thing. But you guys but you guys had all this money to go around. And so talk about what, you know, you still were up against Microsoft as, as a browser. Well, this, the order of— everything was about the browsers. The order of operations are, are important, right, because that's a 15-year history. So it right. wasn't like all of a sudden we had all this money and then we right. went after Microsoft. In right. fact, it's the other way around. You had a little bit of is money. We had, no money as a nonprofit. So what happened was, you know, Netscape is basically declined to nothing. That right. Nobody's using it anymore. AOL had bought it. Mm-hmm. They're just going to kill it. Right. And somebody, I don't know actually really who did this, a rumor was maybe Mitch Kapoor, uh, went and negotiated that the IP and $2 million would go from AOL as a kind of a party thing. I was negotiated thing. at one of our All Things D conferences. Yeah. See, you know about this. I do know and, about it because uh, I know where it was done. Yeah. And, and it was indeed that. That's exactly. And so, you know, Ted you was involved a, a nonprofit yeah. with two million bucks mm-hmm. to take on Microsoft. There right. wasn't any idea that there would be Google revenue or mm-hmm. like the search bar maybe was in there. But I mean, Google's early, right? Nobody thinks this is going to be no. a big business. It's impossible to imagine that now. So, really, the first. Two years, it really runs as a nonprofit for no money. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of internal drama and kind of changing the product, and mm-hmm. Firefox emerges, and there's that big New York Times ad, which for people who don't remember or who are too young, you know, took over a two page New York mm-hmm. Times ad that people donated for. And the copy of the ad, the logo was made up with the names of all the people who donated. It was a big, big yeah. participatory nonprofit project. And what happened was the search bar was there. And we just put in, I think, the affiliate code 
because Google wanted traffic from anyone, right? Bloggers could mm -hmm. make money sharing, getting, mm -hmm. you know, providing search to Google. And it just took off so fast that Google came back and said, you know, we got to negotiate a different deal. Right. So the chink in Microsoft's armor came before the money. And then the money has been the thing that has allowed us to stay in the game. And, right. you know, almost all of it goes to just keeping Firefox competitive. So then Microsoft, of course, got in trouble about over what it had done to Netscape. Well, that was all around the same time. And yeah. so I think that helped, right? For it did people. help because you couldn't, they couldn't be quite as aggressive at killing you. Yeah, and people who don't remember is basically the U.S. government took them to court for mm -hmm. antitrust. Mm -hmm. Sounds familiar. Right. Uh, and that created a little chink in the arm. Here. Although not as successful as people think it was in the end. Well, it's an interesting it question. It slowed them down considerably but, from but what they were But could Firefox doing? have been successful? Had that not happened, I mean, no. it's a kind of a chicken. No, they would have killed you, right? Yeah, and, and that would and you wouldn't mean have known. the internet would have been sucked into Windows, right? We wouldn't mm -hmm. have had JavaScript, we wouldn't have had Ajax, like all mm -hmm. this. You wouldn't have had Facebook, you wouldn't have had uh, YouTube. I mean, mm -hmm. all this stuff was because we moved out of Microsoft, trying to take all of the technology, of the internet, and which was a public standard, and suck it back into Windows right. with ActiveX and which all that Which it was, crap. it was the dashboard of the internet. Your browser was the dashboard right. to the internet right. at the time. So if they killed changed. us, yeah. who knows when an alternative would have emerged? Right, right. And they're still a dominant player. But we'll talk about that when we get back. We're here with Mark Sermon. He's the executive director of the Mozilla Foundation. For those who don't know what it does, it's a nonprofit focused on a lot of things, but it's also uh, makes the popular web browser Firefox and other products. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now. We'll be back after this. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're here with Mark Sermon. He is the executive director of the Mozilla Foundation. We're talking a little about early browser history. I'm sorry to walk you through it, but it's really important to remember it. It, it, was, it was a lot, and it was a lot of drive. I wrote so much about it. I don't remember a thing. I wrote about it, but I wrote about all of it um, when I was at the Washington Post and then later at the, the, um, the Wall Street Journal. Um, talk a little bit about what happened then. So you guys, you were their competitor. You were it. Well, Before I think it's Google interesting. Put it Chrome, and, and it's interesting to to talk about early browser history. So maybe this, I'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. We can come back to this. I, I read your New Year's five predictions. Oh, you like that? And well, I, I it's like the it. kind of stuff I like to say. Yeah. But there's not a lot of other people who say optimistically yeah, the next decade is going to get better. I just was feeling good. And, well, the, but some days it could. You know why? Here's why. Because I'm so sick of these stupid internet people saying I hate the internet or I hate tech. I don't hate tech. I hate what it's become. Mm -hmm. I like what it was, and I like what it could be, and I don't like what it's become, and I don't like their stupid victimy excuses about it. That's what I don't like. And I am with you on that. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, stop, you billionaire. Stop your whining and start or, doing something better. Or anyone, or you politicians, or you activists, or, or whatever. Let's do something better. Yeah, it's like so, making shitty pizza. I'm so like, that you're was making the shitty moment. pizza, and pizza's great. That's my feeling. Right. That's well, you my can't theory. have good pizza, and there's a that lot of shitty pizza. That is my theory. They're making shitty pizza. But then pizza. you got to do it. Yeah. And so that was so to go back to you know what happened. It was a set of people who we found an entry point, mm -hmm. and it was a set of people who wanted at a time where tech felt crappy mm -hmm. to make it better. And so the things that happened after the 
you know, after the kind of chink in the armor, you've got Mozilla, you've got Firefox with, you know, whatever, 5, 10, 20 million users growing really quick. Mm-hmm. And the nerdy thing that happens is then web developers start developing for the web again instead mm-hmm. of developing for Internet Explorer. Like, right. you remember, you used to get all these pop-ups yep. that this site only works with Internet Explorer. Right. So that was the unlocking of the the cross-platform Ajax age of, of computing, right, where mm-hmm. you got Gmail and you got Facebook and you got YouTube without – like, remember, a web page was a web page. It wasn't right. an app. So that ushers in really the, the era of cloud apps that we have kind of taken for granted between – you know, whenever that is, 2003, 2004, and and the smartphone. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a pretty significant transformation in terms of anybody being able to set up any business really, really quickly. I mean, most of the people we think of as the giants now start then, right? Like start in the early 2000s. And it's that era of the web that uh, that tees them up. Right. All right. So go through. So what has to come through that when you when it opens it up? Because it does open it up for and people don't really. There was you could only use certain things for certain things. Like it was it was so like glit, nothing was interoperable. It's sort exactly. of like a track and and but Betamax. You're on a Mac. And, I'm on a Windows. Yeah, you're, you're using this software. Yes, I'm using VHS, that software. VHS. Betamax was the fight. Again, it was felt like that in a lot of And stuff. then all of a sudden, if you had a browser, yes. uh, well, everybody had a browser right. on a laptop. Right. Right. And it meant and that— And some of them were loaded on, like the Microsoft yeah, ones. Which but it were, didn't matter. Like right. it, it, So the, the joke, uh, old corny Mozilla joke, what's the best version of Firefox ever released? Internet Explorer 7. <laughs> and the <laughs> reason got, is— Because it created the, competition. The, it, well, and created well, we're standards. We're getting to that, yeah. Right? I mean, that's the real thing is yeah. that the programming languages right. used to write everyday things people used on the Internet became one. Yeah. Right? Yep. That was the difference. And that's what unlocked a lot for developers, whether you're Zuckerberg in your Harvard dorm room or somebody mm-hmm. trying to do some crazy, wacko right. art project. Right. Everybody had one computing environment. Right, which is and critical. And that was the web. Which was and, critical. And that hadn't existed before. And it was also create a level of competition. I, I, I joke of about course. competition, but it, they wouldn't have done anything better. They wouldn't have made improvements. But yeah. then Google, again. Well, what happens was, is— You were doing search on Google, and then all of a sudden, the Borg that they are, they have to do everything. They have to have— Yeah, and they're our competitor in the browser, and they've mm-hmm. clearly taken over mm-hmm. that market What's in a What's the market way. share right now? Everybody fights over market share, but they're at something like 60 on desktop and we're at something like 10 on desktop. <laughs> Who um, desktop? And, and for us, but that's the, the point for us is— Oh, in Safari, you've got Safari. Well, I think in web pages and in browsers, the desktop still matters. Yes. I and mean, people don't use the thing they—, they ha- the browser on mobile is just a way to open a, a right. link from Twitter. But, uh, you know, the— the thing for us has never been to be the biggest in market share. It's to be able to influence how does the industry work. And right. so for a period, we had that influence. We don't, obviously, now because the browser mm-hmm. is not the influential tool. Right. Right. So a lot of our question now is what do we do now that stands up for people's Before values? Before we get to that, I want to talk about what, the entrance of Chrome into this uh-huh. did what? Because you guys were sort of the rear guard action against. Well, most of what Chrome did was eat up. Microsoft. Right. Uh, I mean, the uh, the first thing that Chrome did was eat up Microsoft. And so, you know, you see the Internet Explorer ma- market mm-hmm. share go down and you see the Chrome one go up. We've gotten beaten. It was a better browser. It was yeah. a better browser. It was more vertically integrated mm-hmm. with a bunch of other services, which right. becomes then a part of the privacy problem we mm-hmm. have now. Um, but, you know, they just replaced Microsoft as the dominant player. Sure. And, and we tr- dipped a little bit, but roughly stayed about the same happened. size. It happened just as I what a came. Like, yeah, what a surprise. And, you know, the thing about it is lots of people compete on one vertical in the industry and cooperate on the other. We, we do search with them because mm-hmm. that was literally in the beginning. I've sure, gone back and read the tr- bugs. That That's the search people want, mm-hmm. right? Cause, and so, like, you know, we do a deal so with them Alta on Vista that. So AltaVista didn't work out. No, AltaVista. We tried to oh, partner with AltaVista. Oh, we're making jokes Alta no Vista. one's going to oh, get. Oh, the old people. Yeah. Um, but yes, AltaVista didn't work out. So a good um, idea. In any case, I mean, kind of, yeah, here they come. I, I think it was later as they really have been a very aggressive competitor where you question, like, how are they using their vertical integration or are mm-hmm. they using their vertical integration in nasty ways? And, you know, it's pretty clear they are subtle. But what? Uh, what? <laughs> They're only being sued by Sonos. Who else? Well, exactly. I mean, They're it's exactly that Genius. thing. Like, how do you compa- Yelp is always how yelping do you, about them. How do you collaborate 
with something that big and aggressive. Well, they right? need to That's grow. What the That's what is. I keep saying. I'm thinking about doing home saying, look, this is what they have to do. They have to go into healthcare. They have to go into automotive. They have to grow. They can't help themselves. You think themselves. that's a good thing? I mean, no, it, but they just—that's th- that's what they have to do. They—they right. they have no other. Well, and they've restructured themselves to do that. Right. They I have mean, they're to going grow. into smart cities. I right. live in Toronto, and the well, we'll sidewalk talk about that in a minute, lab but, thing is but there. But they have to grow. Yeah. There's, and therefore, we have to stop them from growing because we need to create innovation. We'll, we'll get into that at the end because I don't fault them for doing what they're doing. They're just doing it because. They were drawn that way. You know what I mean? Like, and there's something about public companies and— They what, have the, to get bigger. Yeah. They don't—what else do they do? Okay, now we're going to stop? No, of course not. They have to continue to go move in. And they, the areas they have to move in have to be adjacent and then adjacent and adjacent and adjacent. So, Well, there is a question of what limits the growth and where are the balances that we want to put in place as they right. grow, right? I mean, right. If, if we could say that Standard Oil needed to grow indefinitely right, or that, it the, doesn't have that to, it, DuPont it, it, needed I'm to grow I'm talking about have to. It has a, a, a desire. It doesn't. It cannot do anything but what it does, right? It, that's, it just— And, and we got to set some ground rules. Yeah. So, all right. Exactly. Oh. I agree. You know that. I just had this big argument with Paul Ryan today on uh, on the, on stage, which was, you know, he was still back in the self-regulation, we'll fix it all, uh, era of the government with the tech industry. And some of it might, it, but not now. Um, so you now, tell explain what you then do. So here you are sort of the same place where the browser isn't the game, and there's the mobile browser, and people use either, if they're on iPhones, they tend to use Safari, which is Apple's browser. If they're on Google, they're using the Chrome. Microsoft never won in the phone area, so they're out of that business where everything is happening. Um, and then... Uh, uh, that's it. That's it. And Amazon never had a phone that was successful. I don't think they had a browser. Did they know? They never. No, no. Yeah. There's three things, I would say, what we do now at, at this juncture. One, which is what Chris Beard, Chris and Danelle really together as a team helped do, which was stabilize the browser, which was mm-hmm. in decline. Right. And tee it up to be something that is better for you to the degree that that's a part of the center of your digital life. So a lot of the stuff we've added, like a password manager, Lockwise, or this thing monitor, which shows like when you've your accounts have been breached, are about at least you have this relationship with the browser. We're there to kind of have your back. And so get the browser on stable footing, high performance, good at privacy and security. Mm-hmm. So I think we're we're well on track on that. And that's and what, for what market? Because that's like a declining like Well, I think that, that is for the people who already use browsers on desktop. So I mean so how long does that last? Well, that's where the next couple questions come in. I think it lasts for quite a while, but where it's declined is in its influence on how things work. So, I mean, in terms of protecting people— It's also like dial-up AOL. It's like there's mm, a market. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's it's got longer legs than dial sure. up because it it it's just become the switching box through mm-hmm. which so much stuff happens. Right. So it matters. So the first thing was stabilize that and make it helpful to right. people. That's not the big long term strategic. Because it's not setting the tone. That's not where everything's happening. Right. Before we set the tone, like we helped kind of usher mm-hmm. in this era of Ajax. More security. You know? So so I think there's two things going forward. One is what tech can we bring into the market mm-hmm. that is going to set the agenda going forward. But the other is the market alone is not going to take us down the path we need to go. And it's also not going to be governed alone. Mm-mm. We really need some sort of zeitgeist, some social movement that is going to push for a You're different kidding. way this works. you they don't have our best interests at heart? No, neither, in what? fact. So, like, the citizens have to do what? something. It's crazy. You're kidding. So that's been the funny—that's what right. my project is. So what does that is. mean when you're talking about Internet health, uh, what was it, sorry, Internet health movement? or, or Well, this? our sense is that we need—and we actually see the— drive for or thirst for something like the environmental movement, but for the digital environment. Yeah, I was talking about safe internet. That, that was one of the things. Like, who's going to build the, when I talked in that column, safe I was or talking trustworthy about, or, there I is mean, a market. There's, I was trying to appeal to greed in these people, but. But it's not just the market, right? I mean, if, if we think about, I mean, frankly, if we think about any big social change, there's a social movement, whether mm-hmm. it's civil rights or women's rights or the environment, even if then there becomes some market piece of it later. So if we think about Mm -hmm. the environmental movement, you know, yes, there's a role for business in green energy, and thank God or hopefully that continues to grow in a way that we turn around. Right. It isn't without people demanding it. Well, it's interesting because I was just with the head of Starbucks this morning. I know him from Microsoft. He used to be a Mm. micro. So I used to cover him all the time. And now all he was talking about was sustainability. It was fat. And it was not PR. 
He was like, this is uh, life or death for our business going right. forward. Right, the business CEOs are afraid. He's like, we are about have to be about community and analog and creating a different experience because AI changes, you know, way people order. And then we have to be sustainable. Like, And it was really interesting. Uh, and this guy was not someone like this. And I wasn't, I was trying to figure out if it was just, you know, PR speak, but it wasn't. He, he's right. It was, in, but it had it was moved by the activism around straws and things like that. And so, without something like that to get past the manipulation piece, to get past the total kind of ownership of all of our data selves, mm-hmm. there has to be some piece of activism. So, we, my job in the last so few years. So, what does your activism entail? Yeah, my job in the last few years has been to f- start figuring that out. So, mm-hmm. you know, the kinds of things range from. Getting into consumer reviews for tech stuff that actually look at some of the values-based questions. So we put out this annual holiday buyer's guide now mm-hmm. that rates things on security standards. And, you know, how strong is it on terms of mm-hmm. basically not being able to hack, be hacked? Like you had Bruce Steyer on a while ago, that whole yep. thing that we are creating this huge attack surface with mm-hmm. all of our devices. Sure are. This is about getting consumers engaged in that, helping them make better purchasing decisions mm-hmm. on like not being you know, a part of that. And so... You know, you have stuff comes in there that gets a good rating, like the Nintendo Switch is strangely good at letting you delete your data and mm-hmm. having strong encryption, to the Ring doorbell, which is, like, horrible, yes. where, you know, not only has Amazon got a crappy history with passwords and data storage, but they're actually willing to let the police participate in using your doorbell as urban yeah. surveillance. Yeah. So we're giving consumers a way to, like, look at that stuff. That's a good idea. Vote on the that stuff. The original guys were great. Right? And, and, yeah. and so it doesn't sound like activism, but it is actually starting just to get people. Right. People feel like they're not being listened to by tech companies, mm-hmm. and they can't even understand, like, who's duping them and who's not duping them. Right. So this is like an entry point to they that. They trust parts of it. I, and I do, too. Different levels of it. The other day, I was just thinking this. It was interesting. I was thinking of downloading something. I'm like... But who has this information on this app? Uh, you know, it was something, I can't remember what it was, but it was something minor. But I thought, I don't want them on my phone. Like, I, I think it started off with something like TikTok, which I was like, I, when they came, I was like, I don't want them on my phone. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure I don't want them on my phone. Although it was interesting. And I was like, I had a burner phone, so I put it on there and looked at it. Like, I don't care. And I didn't sign on to anything else on this phone. And I just used that there. And But at the same time, I was like, I need to create a new email. Like, I was I was really starting to wonder about all the apps, like, and what data they had and what access they had to my phone. And then I went and turned everything off because Apple, you have that capability of doing easily or it's not that hard. And it was fascinating so when you start to go down that rabbit hole of what's on there. And I think I took almost everything off. And then I was like, oh, it's too late. And it was inter- It was interesting. And I wondered what had tripped in me the trust idea of not realizing, like having given someone so much access to you and then trying to pull it back, it's very hard. Yeah, and I think people are, inc- the stats show it, right? When we go do consumer surveys, I was just reading something, Consumers International, so it's probably like UK and here, mm-hmm. 63% of people feel creeped out by the services they use from tech companies. Yes. And it's like, it is palpable. Mm-hmm. And so one thing is giving people a channel to express that. The other is giving people a channel. And, and this is a thing that we really started to push that I think is interesting, to talk to the tech companies to get them to change the products. Right. They're creeped out, but they also like the stuff. Well, but that's negotiation, yeah. right? Like right. I can be in any kind of deal. I can be you know, with somebody who's a, a friend or in a business relationship or dating someone and mm-hmm. like – Somebody might cross a boundary somewhere or something's right. really I – mean, human relationships are, are I dynamic. I really begin to think of tech as a bad boyfriend. Well, like, that's kind of where I mean? we're going. Right? And But at the same time, what's interesting is that they don't have to be. Like, again, it's the same thing. It's the concept of, like, who is trustworthy? And there's a real market in the idea of someone who is going to build the safe – uh, video service, the safe, I think safe is the word I'm trying to get to, like the safe one where you're safe in all kinds of ways and privacy is among those things. And so what is that, how does that manifest itself besides a magazine, what well, else? So, so those relationships don't change unless we actually get into negotiation. So another way it, it manifests itself is running campaigns with consumers on our side or mm-hmm. consumers running campaigns with us on their side. Literally asking for product changes mm-hmm. so that they're less creepy. Right. And so we did one around the um, – we did a bunch around Facebook and elections and political advertising where consumers are, you know, banging on the door of Facebook with us and saying, like, open up the API so we can study this or pull the political advertising. We've done no, stuff with – they didn't um, do that. They didn't listen n- They to didn't you. listen. Well, we, we got another election where we're going to keep pushing, they right? They did nothing. They have I have to a column today in the New York Times. They're going to cry. 
They Barton? They're gonna cry at my piece today. On that topic? Oh yeah. Oh, they really they did a whole have lot screwed of nothing. that up. They did a whole lot of nothing. Nothing. Yes. Well, and it's not too late, right? The take away the micro-targeting, take away the They're political advertising. They're they, not well, doing We that. need to tell them. I mean, so it's that's, interesting because so Google activism sort is, of went and did a little more sophisticated changes. The micro-targeting yep. and yep. no lying, but we're going to sell political right. ads. You didn't have to go all the Twitter way, but no. they did stuff. Yeah. Right? And Twitter so, was making $12 from it. And they're like, screw this. And we got to deal with Trump as it is. Like, you know, we already deal with him non non paid speech and we're going to have to like live with that the rest of our lives you know as our stain on our future generations but it was interesting that 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 Facebook decided to so, do that so part of the activism piece is getting citizens involved in that right right now we've got journalists who yeah. are pushing on Facebook but like yeah, nobody okay. is organizing people to take their frustration and How point does that it at manifest? the companies I, I don't mean to be cynical but no, what no, happens no. i mean what? if you think about something like nike and the fair Oh, kind of right. wages it did stuff, work right? Nike, yes, and a little it, bit. It, and what one of the things that's similar in something like that, and South Africa and boycotts, and I mean, there, there are examples of this. We we don't think about consumer right. activism enough anymore. Right. South Africa it finally right? worked, and, and, and it wasn't working on gay rights. Yeah. And you know, consumer activism mm-hmm. is something that there's a deep history of. But the last 10, 15 years, like we we haven't it's like used the unions. it. But where consumer activism is really useful is where regulation is either going to be too slow. Or doesn't work because of jurisdictions. Like, how do you regulate all the labor laws of all the places that Nike has factories? Pain in the ass. Instead, you get consumers who Nike yeah, cares about to point. push on them. So, like, where do we have a problem with tech? Where do you regulate it? How fast is a regulation well, going to come? Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about that. We're Excellent. here with Mark Sermon, the executive director of the Mozilla Foundation. We're talking about all kinds of issues, including where tech is going in the regulation game. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions? And the power of do-overs. The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast or find it wherever you listen. Okay, we're back with Mark Sermon. He's the executive director of the Mozilla Foundation, which you probably know it for the popular web browser, Firefox. Before we get to regulation, what other product can you make? Or is it just going to be you're going to live off the browser money for now? And then no, that, that's really the exciting it's like thing being about like the, a rich person who doesn't make anything anymore, whose family <laughs> is a steel fortune, whatever you know. That that is not us. Okay. Um, so, and partly because the browser won't last forever. Right. It'll go for. And we still think the most powerful way we can influence how the world works is through building products. Right. So. We need the activism piece right. as a side, as a part of that, mm-hmm. but we need products that will change how things work. And Such so, as. one of the things so it could be in voice, it could be in AR, it could be in alternative kinds of advertising, it could be in identity. One of the things that's been really exciting, people have been sort of uh, in my New Year's conversations in the last week, is like, "How are you doing? How's your New Year?" I'm like, so excited, mm-hmm. and it's really just been nice for Mitchell to step back in as so CEO. Mitchell is explain. Mitchell's our founder, Mitchell Baker, and uh, she has been the chair of both of our boards for the last 15 years. The, which uh, is, is Mozilla Corporation. Which is both Mozilla Corporation and, and Mozilla Foundation. And Mozilla Foundation owns Mozilla Corporation. Exactly. Right. And so we, and day to day, we kind of operate as one. We're trying right. to make the same change in the world. Mm-hmm. And so the previous CEO who did a great 
job stabilizing Firefox stepped out at the end of the year. Chris Beard. Oh, right. And um, Mitchell has stepped in as the interim, and we're looking for a new CEO, but she is going to just do stuff. I mean, her energy as the founder who's like, the internet and the things I've stood for need some real attention. Mm -hmm. She's just got a fire in her belly right now. And so Mm -hmm. it is about finding those other product categories, a big part of our resources in the next couple well, years. tried some things that didn't work. What was well, the one? I can't remember. It, no, remember. no, Firefox OS. Uh, Firefox, what was it called? There was a smartphone, so we tried a oh, smartphone. yeah. And it was the oh right God, thing the to try. The days of my lives, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it, what was it called? Uh, uh, Firefox OS. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like Microsoft, like BlackBerry, like Nokia, like it, it's, we weren't the only ones who couldn't pull it off. Yeah. And, they didn't um, spend as much money as, say, Amazon or... Yeah. Facebook. Well, Remember the Facebook home that. phone? <laughs> <laughs> well, I they, have one. They, they did okay with oh, Android. Oh, I got me one. I'm keeping it from my well, children's I got, college. I got the secret Firefox OS uh, phone stash for the oh, museum. wow. But in any case, yeah, we did I try. I may have one of those. And it, and it took us five years to try and decide right, to stop so trying. What else? You made something else. You made, That's the big thing. We've tried stuff thing. in we identity. We had a, we, we still have an email client. But email. Yeah, Thunderbird. No, it's still there. It's still got a 20 million people using it, Kara. It's amazing. I should use it. I'm I'm on Apple. I'm fine. You'll you'll be fine. Thunderbird is great. Yeah, I don't use any Google stuff. But the key piece is we have that standard innovator's dilemma, right? The browser is a stable, good source of revenues. How do you find the next thing? So Mitchell's fire in her belly is to find the next thing. It's early days. They're in the things that we're talking about. There's the list I kind of gave you. The things that are most concrete are mixed reality stuff, and so mm-hmm. more privacy-friendly. Right. There is a Firefox reality browser. Do a video service that's not... We could do a... Every, so let me actually turn the tables. All right, if we could build anything and make it, like, successful in the make market... a health tracker that doesn't use your privacy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Do you think I'm there's a market in health no, trackers anymore? No, I don't, anymore? but waste your money, but I'm just <laughs> saying. There's... Like, you can go to almost anything, almost... Like, the voice-to-voice, the voice... I have turned off every one of these, even the Apple one. Like I won't. The voice assistant stuff. Yes, the Siri. I've got them now, all. If, They're all lined so, up. So that is one of the areas we're working. Is voice assistants? We have this thing called deep speech and a thing called common right. voice. And it's open source it's security. It's very difficult and it costs lots of money to develop that. But stuff. if you had something like that and you knew that it was really not going to leave the device, would you leave it turned on? Maybe, if I understood. The, the one I trust most is Apple, as always, you know. And even then, uh, you know, my son pointed out something. They were doing significant locations. They weren't doing it, and it was encrypted. I still didn't like it. Like, I didn't agree to it. Um, you know, when I read it, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing. But, gosh, thanks for—it's creepy. It was creepy once I saw it, and I've never felt creepy about Apple. And so that's the thing yeah. is to try a lot of experiments this year and next year. Yeah. We have a, a vo- new head of— voice thing. I think voice because I really—like, yeah. my son has walked around our house and turned off the nest. Yeah. He's turned off the—you know, he's trying to pull it off the wall. That one I haven't pulled off, but I'm going to I'm gonna not have it. Um I'm not going to have any uh, any internet-enabled uh, thermostat device, even what? though it's very convenient to do my from my phone. I use it a lot, which is interesting. Um, I think uh, any kind of listening, those listening, whether it's the Echo, whether it's the what's the Google one called? I don't know, Home. What is it? Google Siri? Home, yeah, yeah, yeah. Home. Um, Facebook portal, are you kidding me? Someone gave it to me as a joke, and I I think I buried it because I was like, I know it'll turn on. <laughs> <laughs> You should give it to your worst enemy. No, I was like, I must bury oh, this. Give it to your enemies. <laughs> Put in a lead thing. I just was like, there's no way I'm turning this friggin' thing on. And then I saw J Lo and who Kim Kardashian. I wrote Kim Kardashian. I know her a little bit. I was like, do not put that on. Kim she was Kardashian. advertising the Facebook portal. Yeah, they portal. were. They were. I was like, all right, you two. I, I hope you were paid a lot. But um, so I, I think there's there's yes. stuff there that we'll explore. I'll tell you what I. The, it sounds like science fiction, right. not because it's right. going to be science fiction to right. the the public, but yeah. to, to nerds. A thing I am really interested in is what you start to see showing up nerdily in some of these regulatory mm-hmm. things like the Access Act as separating out the data storage yes. from the data exploitation. Yes. So that Facebook wouldn't have my data, Google wouldn't have my data, 
Mozilla would or yeah. I would or I would trust the consumers you're going to get the it. data from them from when, from their cold dead hands. Yeah, That's well, right. so well or yeah. or, or uh, active Congress. Well, they're not going to even understand that. Like I think what's well, interesting. It's already in that. Well, one, one of the proposed legislation. It is, but one of the things I I always try to, when I give speeches and it does resonate a lot. I'm like, you know, do you get your email? Do you get like your map? Oh, isn't that great? Don't you get dating? I said you're a cheap date. All every single one of you is a cheap date. You get these shitty apps pretty much. Like they're fine. And they get all your data, and they are billionaires. Exactly. I was like, and do you think that's a good trade? So let's, let's turn the tables of that right. and kind of collectivize our personal data ownership and sell it back to them. Or or should you be able to? Can you sell your liver? You can't sell your well, liver. No, well, it's an interesting right. question. But, yeah. But you can certainly— You can sell I don't think your attention. Can you sell your attention? Right. And if we had some set of trustees, some set of intermediaries on right. our side of the table— I mean, even to think about turning that to the to kind of becoming personal AIs, mm-hmm. we have so many automated decisions coming at us, so many AIs coming at us, and we have to make these like manual human speed decisions about how that works. Right. You know, that's another area to kind of very science yeah. fiction to look so at. What's an AI, AI on our side of the table? Right. Well, there's been efforts at that open AI and stuff like that. Well, open AI is not about that. It's not about the adversarial exa- personal AI. Yes, that's actually about not letting Google and Facebook run the whole table. The whole big monopoly, exactly. Right, on that, um, which I think is a good idea. I agree. Which is a good idea. So last thing I want to talk about, because we only have a few more minutes, is the concept of then— where does you're thinking about all these cool ideas, and it's it's a pleasure to talk to you about it because one of the things that I'm really thinking about is in it, where does innovation come from? And you know, one of my arguments is when you have these giant companies, as much as this is what they do, they grow. You're not going to get innovation. They no. can't innovate. They can steal, or they can buy, or they can borrow. And they can block. They can block, but they have a hard time innovating. Every now and then, like, look, AirPods are cool. Like, I love them. Like, they're innovative. Like, I don't see—I haven't seen anything like it, and it was their idea, and I see it fresh. You see some very innovative ideas from Snapchat or, like, in the social media space. You don't see anything in search, practically. Um, And so why would you? Why would you invest in doing that? So how do you get to innovation when you have these big companies? Is the only way regulation? Is that the only—and what would—give me what you would think, and then how do you get to innovation? Where is—how do you—without it being, like, a China top-down thing— like, how do you—and you want government involved. This was an argument I had with Paul Ryan. I'm like, you need government involved in certain amounts of these things in a significant way. Like, the space race is now being run by two billionaires. Yeah. Well, That's it. And, 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 so and other countries. The, you know, the I've got a bunch of answers to this. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the, the trite answers, you get innovation if you have competition. Right. And so part of the problem is, I mean, so the reason we're talking about antitrust, right, Mm -hmm. is like so much power is in so few hands, like there's no incentives in the open market for people to innovate or no space, right? There's no oxygen Mm -hmm. for people to innovate. Right. And so that's one piece of it. The other is, which I think is actually tied to the, the monopoly or the competition question, is, you know, you get the most innovation at these sort of tectonic shifts or these paradigm shifts in how anything works, but right. how computing works, right? So it's not shocking that as Ajax and the kind of cross-platform browser piece emerges mm-hmm. with Firefox and then Chrome, that that's when you see the Facebooks and the Gmails and the whatever. Because right. now I can actually do stuff on the web. Sure. And so new entrants come. So, you know, where do we look for those tectonic shifts? Maybe it's be as we move out of the browser and the phone into kind of ambient reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is still enough space in the voice piece, which is kind of part of it. I think if we can do this, cleaving the data out of the hands of the, the people making who them suck share. it all, making them share it, something that actually— Because you think about AI now is like the web 20 years ago. It really is just— computing with data. Right. Right? Like, if I'm going to build something today, it's like I'm going to build it with data and AI. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just, it's the programming tools. Mm -hmm. It's not just some big, it is not primarily some big scary thing. How do we actually make sure that's open enough, which means that the data is shared enough and also private? Isn't it already over with Google? I don't think so. Amazon and Facebook uh, kind of have been locked up. I am hoping that we can put, I mean, that's what you would have said about the web browser in 2003. Mm Mm-hmm. So where are the chinks we can put in the arm, armor, which goes to your regulation piece? I, I would say 
we're cautious about regulation because you also don't have yes. people in Washington and Brussels. I mean, God bless that there yeah. are some amazing people. There are some other people in, than you think. Yeah. I push back on no, that the, No, there are. I mean, we work yeah. with a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. But it is not the DNA of those places to really understand the— Nor should they, but they also don't understand Wall Street, and there's regulations about Wall Street. They sure. don't understand so, cars. So we've got to figure there's that out. regulations on cars. Not all of them are perfect— Planes, look how many fuck-ups are, but boy, there's planes pretty much fly every day but, pretty safely. But they've built expertise on those things, and so we, we also need to invest in that in government. Right. And and you take the antitrust stuff. You could say, okay, let's take a vector of break up Facebook on break up Instagram, WhatsApp, mm-hmm. and Facebook Messenger, right? Or, you know, Facebook, the overall platform. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense. Maybe it would work. Maybe they would share data less between them. Mm-hmm. But really, it's actually not going to change the game. If we di- so, that's one kind of path. And then, if you take stuff like this piece in the in the Access Act mm-hmm. around intermediaries, where we say we're going to break up holding data and using data, maybe break up right. advertising, or break up and marketplace, break, break it up on, on verticals, marketplace, and and selling stuff, making stuff, stuff. Some of those things. So you like need that's an Amazon thing. You need that kind of analysis to right. make the stuff work, and then that will feed innovation. Mm-hmm. Because you want to break it up in ways that other people can come in and compete on the piece, the level of those different pieces. So lastly, what is the government's role then? Is there, like, again, the space programs in the hands of private billionaires? Our public education system now is being, like, they're deciding what they're going to give money to and our government's not innovating in it. The, the climate change stuff needs well, I, a massive government. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Canadian, right? So the, the example, my answer about government is going to be, there's a big role for government, right? I still believe in public health care. I still believe the government should step in mm-hmm. and fix climate change on tech. I think government should say, here's how tech should serve our right. society, and here's the boundaries or the taxes. Uh, and I actually think one of the things we have lost, and maybe for good, is the tradition of public media that we had in a lot of Western countries for for mm-hmm. 100 years. Like, where is the role of the CBC or the BBC in this era? And mm-hmm. I actually think some public options may be worth considering. Right, on some of these issues. Well, All yeah. right, last question. If you had to think of the most important thing, you know, in tech, if you were that young, you know, boot-kicking teen, what area would you go into right now, really briefly? I think I would be focused on the how do people take control of their own tech, their own data. Their work. And it goes back to the DIY punk rock spirit, but at a level where this stuff really does structure yeah. our lives and power in the economy. So something that gives us more control, whether yeah. we are ripping control from the hands of people who don't want to give it to us or designing cool new things that root around and, and create right. new Right. It's interesting pathways. because, you know, it's designed to anesthetize us. Yeah. And it's designed to frustrate us and annoy us. And not us to give us agency, right? Exhaust us. That, you know what I mean? Like, it's really interesting. It works really well in that regard. And it's noisy and it's confusing and it's entertaining, and which is, I think, the difficulty of it. Bread and but circuses. I love— <laughs> That ended— <laughs> and you Russell Crowe won. Exactly. Maximus so there, there, won. There is died. a chance. There Oops, is I'm a sorry. chance. Plot spoiler. Anyway, that's uh, my favorite movie. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm optimistic, and I, and I liked your next 10 years as optimistic. we got to at least yeah. try to chase some different right. way of doing right. this. Right, right, right. Someday, not today. You Do you watch Gladiator? No, I won't make you. All right. Uh, thank you. for. I'm an unlikely lover of those sword and sandal movies. I don't understand it in any way, but I watch them. Anyway, thank you for coming on the show, Mark. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer is Eric Anderson at Erica America. My producer, Eric Johnson, is at Hey Hey ESJ. Mark, where can people find you online? Uh, I am at M Sermon on Twitter. And Mozilla? At Mozilla on Twitter. All right. And you should uh, use the Firefox browser. I have it on my computer also. It is, it is awesome. And use Firefox Focus on your phone. It will keep you safe. What is Firefox Focus? It, it even... keeps you safe on your phone. What does that it, mean? it throws everything away the minute you look for something. Oh. It's like a. Why it, didn't I know of this. Yeah, it's like Snapchat for web browsing or like the way Snapchat but it used to be. What away? All, any record of you having looked for anything. It's lightweight, it's cool. I use it for everything. Okay, Firefox, Firefox Focus. Focus. I'm sorry I don't know about that. I apologize. If you like this episode, we really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. Thank you, Mark. You're delightful. And make sure to check out our other podcasts, Pivot, Reset, Recode Media, and Land of the Giants. Just search for them on your podcasting app of choice or tap a link in the show notes. Thanks also to our editor, Joel Robbie. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode, this particularly nerdy episode of Recode Decode and historical. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.